0: Hello, everybody. This is Tony Ruggiero here. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening to The Tour Coach. We're rolling through another crazy summer right now, another crazy season. There's lots of golf, lots of guys playing, lots of camps, lots of retreats, lots of travel. You know what that means? It means lots of great content coming to you. So thank you whether you're a golf instructor like so many folks that reach out and listen to this podcast or you're an aspiring golfer, somebody just loves learning about the game, loves learning about how to get better. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the tour coach because we've got lots of great content coming for you. Okay. And if you like the tour coach, you're going to love pro work on YouTube. I want to remind all of you, if you haven't seen it, go to Bushnell golf on YouTube or go to at the do sweeper on my YouTube channel and listen to watch inside the ropes behind the scenes with myself, Colby Touye, Mark Hackett and a host of others and you'll see what it's like to be a player of all different abilities and watch how our team approach goes behind the scenes, inside the ropes, to find out exactly what the magic that your golf swing needs to pick up 10, 15, 20 yards or lower your handicap or get all the way out onto the PGA Tour. It's all there for you on Pro Work, just like it is here on The Tour Coach. So thanks for listening. We've got some great content coming. We've got some great discussions, some great roundtables, and some great guests coming your way this summer and this season here on The Tour Coach. And I couldn't do this tour coach without the following sponsors. They've been loyal to me. I'm loyal to them. I think it's one of the missing things in instruction and in our world, people that stick together. And I think that's why we've all had so much success. I've got to thank the folks at Bushnell Golf for their support and their sponsorship of this show, my teaching, as well as the Pro Work Series, Vineyard Vines and the folks there, unbelievable. They keep all the dew sweepers looking good, myself as good as you can, and all of the folks at our retreats, and especially Shrixon and Cleveland Golf, Chip Holcomb, Eddie Dry, and all of the folks there. I mean, we couldn't do without it. It's over 20 years I've been with Shrixon Cleveland Golf. I'm not going anywhere without that mason Prang and the folks over there in california take such good care of us they've got the best product that you can find anywhere so the special thanks to strict cleveland golf and then finally my good friend mitch mcconnell and the folks at mcconnell automotive buick gmc here in mobile and buick gmc for sponsoring the radio and everything that we've been going on for all of these years so we've got great sponsors we've got great partners and we're going to give you great content that's going to help all of you play better, enjoy the game better, or understand how to teach it and communicate it better. Sit back, get yourself a beverage, and enjoy the tour coach. And then when you get a chance, go check out Pro Work on my YouTube. You'll be glad you did. All right. So joining me here, we're doing a this – this has been Content USA right here from L.A. From I think we're on the – Henry, are we on the south side, west side? We're on the west side. Brady said, uh, anyways, and we're, we're doing another round table from the, from the hizzy. (laughs) E Lars over there laughing, Eric Larson, Justin Parsons, Jackson Court, and Henry Diana HD. So we're getting a caddy's perspective tonight. And I think we're really, we've kind of been grinding all night talking about performance and things we can do to help people play better. So, JP, I want you to kind of jump in there. Somewhere during the last two nights, you had kind of a masterful thought where you said, hey, let's talk to these guys who are with the player every day, all day on the golf course. We're not able to do that. And find out what they really think about the stuff we do as well as the things they've seen that are really good and the really bad. We don't have to make it all bad like that that good coaches
1: do. Yeah, I think – Teaching golf and playing golf are two very, very separated things. I remember coming out, my first event, my first PGA Tour event I'd ever kind of been around was the 2012 Honda Classic. And um, I, I, I flew from Dubai to, yeah, you know, I think probably Fort Lauderdale, came up to Palm Beach, and um, went to the, to the event with, with Claude Harmon, and um, Butch was still working hard. I'll try to figure out where Butch was. He was in the... Uh, he was in the... There was a... Henry, you would tell us, there was like a little like a trailer that the caddies used to eat in. caddy wagon. Caddy
2: wagon? Yeah,
1: the caddy wagon. So Butch was in the caddy wagon talking to a couple of the people that... You know, the caddies that he was... You know, players he was working for. And it was a real kind of like eye-opener for me because you, you, there's the best golf instructor that I'd ever seen and his conduit to... You know what was happening on the golf course w- was with the caddies, and, I, and I, I thought that was that was really eye opening. And you know, from that moment on, I've I've you know not only enjoyed my friendship with the caddies, but also you know valued their their input, and they've definitely helped me to not screw it up, um, and made sure that you know we're we're kind of working on the same sort of theme So you know, I think Tony, you're probably starting to think about like you know what things could we do wrong what things did we have we done wrong and you know how is this whole thing kind of intermingled with player performance
0: well for sure intermingled And as you were going through the recollections i was thinking that all of the the best successes like if i look at the players that like i would say i've done my best job with because we've had success and so forth i would say in every one of those instances on the professional level, I had a really, really great relationship with their caddy. And I thought the caddy and I did great jobs. And I, you know, uh, Coop, Donald Cooper with Lucas, who'd awesome. been with him forever, um, for five, five and a half years, Coop and I were crazy close. Like, but he knew what I was looking for. He could relay that message. I look at Smiley, uh, you know, when he won there was a young caddy out here aaron alpern i don't know if you remember aaron yes you guys aaron did i you know and then john yarborough was with smiley during our tenure and i thought both those guys were vastly different but like i had great relationships with each of them and able to be real honest and talk and i think that's important in what we do but and they're always really good to me with great feedback but i'm sure there's things that like they could tell us more sometimes but so they don't want to hurt our feelings
2: well i would i would agree with that it's just like uh you know instruction caddying there, there are obviously a lot of similarities so it's about reading the player uh understanding their needs and uh the better the teacher and the caddy can be on the same page and and uh try to help help the player you know in the same way but i, I always felt um You know, in the years of me playing and then going into caddying and transitioning into caddying, um, and I took a million lessons. I I taught and still teach. So, um, and I always still think that there's better ways than others, maybe, and to gather information and, and if you want to say, dumb it down for the player, and uh, and just basically uh, simplify the whole program. I think too many times. You guys are so smart in what you do. You understand the golf swing to the nth degree. And sometimes a player needs that away from a tournament. Sometimes they do need it at a tournament. But uh, I think it's your, you know, talents, your knowledge, and our ability to read the player to know if they're uneasy, they're doubting what they're doing. You know, there's a multitude of things that a player can be going through. So, I, it were more of a sounding board. Obviously, we spend more time than than you guys sometimes with them, and most of the time. So, it makes it easier if we're on the same page.
1: So,
2: so how
3: long have you been caddying?
2: Uh, Twenty four years.
3: Twenty four years.
2: Has the players' needs changed? I would say, as the the players, um, how they're learning the game through technology. Information and gathering information at the ease in which to get information, I think the student the player is is learning the game differently, and I think that you guys as teachers, great teachers are adapting to how these kids are wanting to learn or with the information that is out there so um, I think it's you know a great blend, and I think that's the art of what you do and I think by me and Eric being able to converse with you away from them and maybe try to be on a you know if you want to say dumb it down a little bit to to just keep them their leg calm and when they can come out obviously in the u.s open here and try and play their best
1: henry one of the things that uh, butch and i talked about through the years you know we talked about what you know when should you give them different ideas thoughts and stuff and like since working on tour we bet I would often think that by Tuesday lunchtime, I really don't want to give them any technical thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like at what point in the week, if you know one of your players was working with a coach and he started giving them a load of things to like do, at what point would you be kind of putting your head in your hands, thinking this is not going to work out great, or or have uh, you know have has a coach given your player stuff on a Thursday and then he's played great, you know, w- w- you know how how much. How much commonality do you see between, like, technical thoughts and performance?
2: Uh, Great question. I I would say in the times of playing and caddying and then watching you teach or, you know, you all 'all teach, I would say as you get closer to competition, the less information is better. I think uh, once you have a week off, you have maybe a Monday to have a roadmap, Tuesday Really refine it. Wednesday, go with more feels, distance control, getting more into a playing aspect of uh, and competing aspect, preparing for the shots that you're going to face in that particular week. I think, you know, it's hard to make a blanket statement because there's times where you could give a, a player, everyone's different. yeah, everyone's different, a certain thought on a Wednesday that it clicks and the guy wins a golf tournament by four shots. So to just say a blanket statement, no, you shouldn't do this or no, you shouldn't do that. But I think it's the it's the art of what y'all do that makes you who you are. And being able to read the player, understanding the game enough, understanding the golf swing enough to really dumb it down so that they can compete at the highest level and hopefully win a golf tournament.
0: And Jackson and I, we actually <clears throat> had a similar conversation on the course today. And you know, this is Jackson's second time out with me at a major and. Obviously, you know, we've worked together a good while, but we were talking and I said, like, you know, so Ben's an amateur. This is his second. I mean, he's play, he played Puerto Rico, but the Masters in here are the two big first tournaments, right? Sure. And and I said, you know, I was talking about how, like, Monday to Tuesday was different. But today I kind of drifted back during the whole just kind of let him do his deal, only thing I ever asked him a couple of times was where he was aiming. Told him I thought he aimed right a little bit a couple of times. I, you know, I think sometimes he gets feeling because he gets too open, then we fix it and then he wants to get too close, you know? So, uh, but like, that's always been kind of my philosophy and, sure. you know, yeah. is like, uh, and I remember back with Smiley cause Smiley would get where he'd want you to film almost every swing. Right. And, and I kind of learned during that for me for survival it was best to have to pee a lot right and kind of ditch off to a portalet <laughs> and then come back out <coughs> stuff like that like drift back where you couldn't analyze and i found like for me in that he played better if i wasn't there every swing during a wednesday like monday tuesday was kind of, you know that was just how i figured it out over a few years of doing it
2: there's a there's a certain end of not being overcoached and uh in, in my opinion, and, you know, I, I guess the stories with Jack Grout and Jack Nicholas, where he saw them at the beginning of the season and then maybe one other time during the season and, you know. Back
0: when to, did that change where players started having to have people out all the time? I mean, because in the early days, you know, sorry, Jackson, I took the mic away from you, but, like, you know, when did that change? And I guess that's what turned what we do, J.P. and Jackson, into a business – a real business being able to go out and do that but you know for years guys like you were talking about the old Jack Grout story like and my old mentor Hank like when he first taught tour players they just stopped into town sure a few
1: times a year well uh, you know obviously everything got more convenient like when you think about it you know back in the day Hogan had to go across the Atlantic Ocean in a ship it took him three weeks to get to Liverpool and then he went up whatever played whatever whatever but, you know, I think, therefore, they have more time, um, that time has to be occupied with something that they would perceive to being fruitful. So if we're around them, then, you know, we're going to try and add to it rather than detract from it. Sure. Going back to what we talked about in the car on the way to dinner tonight, you know, it's like, you know, Butch always said to us, don't screw them up. So if you have time with them, it's like, you know, you you go off to the portal, you know, don't screw them up and you you know that they don't need more stuff at that point so you don't want to interject with more more things and I think that you know it's interesting you know when you work with these players you think well the things you don't say are often more important than the things you do say and certainly in a major championship week you know you you look at players hitting shots and you look at the the curve on the ball or the strike and you go oh, I would really like to say that but probably shouldn't do that at this point in time because you know they've got a little bit of confidence maybe they're playing decent um so you know that becomes a real judgment of of coaching and i you know i i'm sure we get it wrong henry and um i know you guys you know we get it wrong plenty too you guys get it wrong and we're we're, and the players get it wrong and
2: we're all trying to to work for the common goal
1: yeah there's no
2: question and I mean, I always remember what uh, my mentor Bob Tosky told me. You know, he said, Henry, you, you know, the only thing you bring to the to the golf course every day is feel, and you know, your feel changes, uh, it evolves, no matter how good and how bad you're playing. So you want to always harness or focus on feels, and I think as you get closer to competition and versus mechanical thoughts and and stuff like that, if you can always coach or even caddy or have the player prepare themselves. In more of a feel aspect, as you're getting closer to competition, <coughs> competition, I think that you know that's going to quiet their their ticker down, and I think they're going to be able to play their best.
1: Henry, you worked you're currently for Tom He's a you know brilliant player, amazing iron player. You worked for uh, Charles Hall III third um, for nine years. You said yeah, eight and a half. Nine so years, you know, as a you're Charles, obviously a, a generational player, I would perceive him to be. Um, incredibly well-versed in the technicalities of the game. No was question. that a guy that was able to, you know, like take the coach's stuff on a Wednesday, Thursday, and still be able to play golf, or, you know, what was his? Because, you know, I've, I've gotten to know Charles, not the way you would have known him, but um, he seems to be able to, like, get all that stuff in his head and then dump it down and play
2: golf with it. No question. And, I mean, he would be the first to, you know, admit that um – we always joked about if anyone you know if a guy said he had all the answers you know would go the other way so but he was always you know obviously trying to gather as much information and he would you know we would try to dumb it down as much as he could and even though he hit a lot of golf balls and you know he loved it and i don't think it hindered him i just think that at times and he would i think self-admittedly as you know we worked together later and longer and more years that he focused more on the short game and more, you know, got more engrossed in the putting. And, um, but I think you know his knowledge of of the game is as good as as good as any player that obviously is is playing the game. So,
1: uh, he's interested. He loves the golf swing and sure. he loves the technicalities of absolutely. the golf swing and how it works. And to some degree, that can be a weakness for those guys because they they get into the finer details and get, you know, to your point, get away from the scoring.
2: Sure, absolutely, and just. You know, I would say, it it wasn't a criticism, but I would say that he practiced, and I was the same as him when I tried to play, was working more on form versus hitting shots. Practicing, you know, both, both directions a little bit more, and versus just being more working on form, just trying to draw the ball, just trying to try to do certain things. So I think that that would be... Uh, one thing that I've certainly learned from caddying or and standing afar, after I quit playing, and, and I think that uh, the best players are more organized for sure, and they have a plan. They have more regiment, and there's a reason for success. There's a reason for being mediocre, and there's a reason for failure. Well, I'm I'm watching uh, you, one of my favorite caddies, I'm making some milkshakes
1: here. <laughs> And he carried for Anthony Kim, who was definitely a generational player. Um, had an unbelievably efficient, powerful golf swing. Um, incredible iron player. Um, I'm going to get him to sit down here and, and talk a little bit about Adam Schreiber, who is a great coach, one of our nice. great, one nice. of our great friends yeah. here, um, and obviously a very you know technically astute golf coach you know we, we see him with sam Ryder, and he's you know he's ha- i watch sam hitting these incredible like left arm shots with his right arm across his left arm and you know he, he stands up on these little bosu balls and he does his, his bits and pieces but i am going to coerce eric larson to come and talk a little bit about anthony kim in a moment yeah. he's still stirring a milkshake over here to my left
0: i'm waiting on my milkshake though because that's there's been a lot of great parts of this week so far that's very near the top. <laughs> One of the things I, th- I, I want to ask both of you guys, and we'll start with HD, and I, we're not, this is not a naming names type deal. This is more of like a things that happen. So, like, when a player's not playing good on Wednesday, over your years of experience, what are some of the worst things you've seen teachers like me do to try to fix it with their players? That you just know from your experience, when you hear it comes out of our mouth or we say it's our idea, you in your head are like, <laughs> uh uh-uh.
2: Yeah. Oh, I would definitely say, even for my failures, that, you know, uh, just simplifying the program, the simplifying the process, refining your fundamentals. Uh, the natural instinct is to over teach, over coach, over caddy, tell too much. Uh, I'm as guilty and that's what I've learned through the years I- so when
0: you say over teach over caddy let's just say over caddy like I've, I'm thinking from a teaching prospect that's like and I remember doing it I know I've done it we're like things start going wrong and I think I got to keep giving you an answer that's right? exactly right right
2: yeah for sure and um, you know and that's the art I think of our job and the relationship and the longer relationship you have with the player that you know it's obviously a marriage in a lot of ways but if the better you can read your player the better that you know so that you can say less you know these guys are out here for a reason they're the best players in the world and uh the better that you can have them play by instinct and feel and versus mechanical thoughts i think they're going to get the rest of the way and they're going to succeed because they've proven it before and they'll prove uh, it again
1: so you know and this is where Going back to like some of Butch's stuff, to some degree, you could imagine that what we do and what you do, there'd, there'd almost be like a juxtaposition with, uh, absolutely. like, you know, you're there trying to get them to free up and be feely, and we're there trying to, ref, you know, refine all the fundamentals. And I think that's, you know, that's the genius of Butch, where you create relationships with the caddies, so we're all kind of working on the same page. Yeah, sure, and sure. Um, you know, I think that. That, that works that works really, really well when we all come together and we can kind of figure it out.
2: Absolutely. And I, and I, it's not a knock to a teacher. or A lot of times that happens, but the caddy is out there spending more time than the teacher under the gun. Most time the teachers go home. It's competition starts. We're the only one really obviously seeing the competitive side. And there are things that afar, it'd be easier for you and Tony and Jackson to see than to say even us. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a maybe not a, a detriment, but it would be a help if coaches could be, you know, see more competitive rounds, more competitive shots versus range work. Yeah. I think that it, you know, it, it pays a, a bigger dividend, I think, in the end. And I think you could even, uh, you know, it would improve the whole, whole situation. And I think the caddy player-teacher relationship would just even improve that much more. Well, we have it, a few generational players.
1: I think Lucas Glover is close to it. Harris English, but Anthony Kim is definitely a generational player. Um, Schreiber and him, you know, Elars. You worked very, very hard with those boys. How would you, you know, because obviously that you're, 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 we're dipping back into the past, like ten, twelve, fifteen years ago. Great mechanics, great technique. Still a field player, or, or, or what way did that all work?
3: First of all, Adam Schreiber the worked voice. with, with uh, Anthony Kim since he was thirteen or fourteen years old, so he's basically been his only coach, and uh, had video of him from when he was a kid all the way up till I was catting for him. So it was kind of interesting to see the progression over the years. But um, great fundamentals, um, field players. Sometimes he'd get off sync a little bit. Adam would straighten him out. But Anthony worked really hard off the course. At times, people wouldn't believe it, but he'd come to tournaments prepared a lot of times, and then not work as hard at the tournaments. when I caddied for him, he did a great job with him. But the misconception with Anthony is he didn't work at it. no he. Then I don't think a lot of people were doing it with the medicine balls and and stuff. Bands and stuff, yeah. And uh yeah, I mean it was fun watching him work as hard and the results weren't as good and then he got injured and he was fighting the injuries more than anything the last year I caddied for him. Not not very much. No. Sometimes the putter would go cold. Um But he had all the shots. I mean, there really wasn't a weakness in any of his shots because he could hit it high, low, left, right. And his short game was was really strong as well. It's just a matter of how much time he would put in preparing for certain tournaments. As the second year that I caddied for him, I don't think he worked as hard due to injuries and what have you. But... uh, most talented uh, individual I've seen yet. That was a lot of good info there. I'm still kind of taking that in. So, HD, I'm going to go to you with this. So you
0: talked about importance of us watching play. You think it might be better if we came on Wednesday instead of Monday and we watched them warm up on Wednesday, play nine holes, and then watched him play Thursday, Friday, and go home?
2: There's no uh I would I would definitely agree with that, you know, and and that's not a criticism. I, I just think that uh it's more beneficial for teachers, caddies, you know, just to see in competition. One you know, range the range is one thing and like we always joke that you know the second man on the putting green flies private. So I mean, you know, just being able to um be able to handle it and how do you react under pressure in those situations like tomorrow in the u.s open you know when things are going wrong and you know how much do they change you know their their tempo their alignment their tendencies of whatever they're doing in their golf swing that you believe you know that they do under pressure and they're, they're magnified by pressure and and pressure makes you do things that you normally wouldn't do on the range on tuesday and uh and, I, and that's what I feel. And I, I definitely agree with that. I think it would be a, an instructor, you'd be better served to come and watch and observe when it really matters. Because, you know, I think you'll get a greater judge of what the, what the tendency of the player is.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's interesting you say that. I mean, from, you know, Eric and I work for Harris English. And, like, Harris definitely benefits from growing confidence on range sessions. And play, you know, everyone's different. Um, Henry That's and I true. understand Everybody's that. But different. like when 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 Harris does a range session, hits like some good wedges, you can always see him walking away, Eric, and he's like he's happier with the whole process. And I think if he pitched up on a Wednesday, or or, or you know, let's say I was only there on a Wednesday of a of a major, he's not like getting that building thing. Like he pitched up today, and he just said, "Goodness, life. I I pretty much feel ready to go. I'm just going to go out there." I'm gonna, you know, do my putting drills. Go out, walk a couple of holes. You guys had a couple of different bits and pieces you wanted to get through, but I think Monday, Tuesday helped him to get to that point. Um, often, you know, I do feel like you know we're kind of like an afterthought. You know, we, you know, I'm leaving on Friday. You know, Tony's leaving on Saturday. So, you, you know, you think to yourself, well, like, if Monday, Tuesday don't really that matter that much, like, what is our, like, true role here? And, again, I think everyone's a little bit different in that regard. And, yeah. you know, uh, sometimes... I'm
2: really, not to interrupt you but I, I agree with that. I just maybe don't want to uh, misconstrue what I'm trying to say. I, I think maybe just being able to watch a little more competitive rounds versus practice and preparation might, you know, have you look at the game... Through a different different lens when you are when you are working with these guys, and, and so,
0: I'd say this that's why I'm just kind of I've done this at various times is uh, especially if you know I don't have six guys, but you're in one of those years where you got one or two guys or whatever. Like, I'll I'll just pick some weeks where you know, you're watching a player go. And, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, everything seems good. And you're trying to figure out why they're making cuts or barely missing them. But they're like, when they make the cut, they don't do much. You know, that's where I'll say, hey, you know, this week I'm going to come in on Wednesday and watch Thursday, Friday, or whatever. You know, I've I've changed that. I've tried to rotate that through during the year, you know, and, I mean. It's just kind of worked for me. But I've also not – I've had a couple times where I've had four or five guys, but but fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to rate it, like, you know, I think it gets harder the more guys you have to be flexible with the type of schedule where you can react to what an individual needs.
1: Yeah, and a a microcosm of that, you know, talking about giving golf lessons, you know, for where I am at Sea Island – like if i'm i'm I've got thirty minutes with a player, I'm gonna look at his golf swing or her golf swing, and I'm gonna give them some swing instruction and I'm in a fortunate position where I've got an hour and a half with people or three hours and sit sit together in the office, talk to them about what's going on, and then all of a sudden it's the bunker player and it's nothing to do with the golf swing and I think you know to some degree like what you're talking about when you don't see them play right, you just go back to the golf swing all the time and sure. then the instructor just becomes oh, he's just going to give me swing lessons. Sure. And that may or may not be what they need. Sure. Um, you know, and maybe it's, a, it's a, a flighted shot into the wind or it's some sort of shot off the tee that they need. But, right. you know, if you, if you just go to mechanics all the time, I think it weakens the whole process.
2: I totally agree. I, I, I don't have enough time because, uh, you know, you're, you're the best in the world at what you do. And, um, you know, the, the smarter you are about the game, and you all are so well-schooled about the game, the golf swing, uh, you know how to dumb it down, and I think it's just our communication as caddies, the knowledge that we have, uh, the little things, the you know the intricate things that we see possibly in competition. But you know, there there's so many situations where a guy was lost on Tuesday, or you know, Scott Hamilton did something great, or even you know a multitude of teachers that that helped in some way and uh, got these guys squared away so they can go out and play. You know, and that's that's the most rewarding thing for you all, I'm sure.
0: All right, we're going to wrap this up
3: with comments from the great one. <laughs> well, I've been fortunate enough to work for some very good players, and every situation is different, like JP was saying, but uh, Mark Kalkovacchia, Ken Green, they both worked with Peter Costas, and they didn't see him a lot, but when they did, it, it always meant a lot to them, and they could talk to him on a phone and key on something. He wasn't out there visible as much as uh, JP is or Adam Schreiber was, but it was interesting to be able to see how he would just give him a few things to key on, and they would run with it. And uh, obviously, they were great players back in the late '80s, '90s. Cal had a great career. Uh, Jeff Overton worked with Craig Harmon. He would see him once in a while. Craig would never travel once in a blue moon he might come to the players championship but uh he was very good for Jeff um Jeff didn't need somebody out there all the time so every situation is different with Harris when I first started with Harris he had a few different golf coaches and he was searching a little bit frustrated and fortunately enough uh Justin Parsons came to town and uh got him right on track and uh Changed changed everything, and Justin and I formed a great relationship to be able to talk about uh, Harris and, and how he's progressing as, from day one, and it's been a, a great team to watch Harris grow as a player and a person, and then he unfortunately got injured, and it's been another uphill battle again, um, and I think we got him on the right track again or I should say JP, and I'm just trying to do my job. But to have that communication with a golf coach as a caddy is, I think, very, very important because we can give him a lot of good information. You got anything you want to add to that?
2: No, I I agree. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I, I just feel that, you know, what you do, and you know, for the people listening, I think that, you know, what they can take away from it is obviously to have... Uh, a solid foundation, you know, simplify your program, have regiment of what you're doing, uh, refine your fundamentals. And I think that, you know, if you can simplify any, any game or try to simplify the game, you can make it as complicated as anyone has made it. But I think that uh, over the long haul, you're going to see more success than failure.
1: Great to have uh, Henry and Eric with us. Uh, The caddies, they've knocked their backsides in. Mm. They've got long weeks. You know, they don't travel private planes. Um, they're a big part of the success. Um, would the players be as successful without them? Possibly not. Would they be as successful without us? Possibly not. We don't really know. So we just got to continue to do our best. So here to them. Jackson,
3: party shots. No, that's great. We need to hear
1: more from them. <laughs> no doubt about it. It was getting and,
0: and and then lastly, just thanks I mean, I think the whole thing is it's teamwork, right like and you I thought what you said, Elar was so good about how you know you formed such a good team and h d and the guys I've been around i mean every one of the really good, fun success stories, there's been like three four five people involved, like and you really everybody hugging when something good happens, that's kind of what it's all about, and no yep. Guys, it's going. We're starting the fun part of the week tomorrow. But thanks, Elar. Uh, it's, the, it's their
1: part of the week, Tony. We yeah. can we can kind of chill out now. Oh yeah. Her, uh, Henry's drinking water. Eric's drinking milk, and we're drinking wine. So they've got work to do.
3: We're is that, just is that not the way it's supposed to be. Correct.
1: Thanks,
0: guys, for everything. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrickshon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.